announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. Gomez coming to you live from MJBizCon in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we are sharing and telling the stories through the Hemp Revolution podcast of the entrepreneurs who are pushing this incredible industry forward. If you are somebody who is looking for solutions in your business, you are at the right place with the Hemp Revolution. We are here with some incredible guests, one of which you will meet here in just a moment, Mr. Andrew Freeman is heading up operations out uh, and is highly experienced as a recruiter in the cannabis and hemp industry, working nationally across the U.S. He is specializing mainly in cultivation, extraction, and operation roles for the cannabis and hemp industry. Now, why is this important for you? Well, for those of you guys who are in business, you know how important it is to have a rock star team who can help you solve the problems that you currently have in your business. You cannot grow you cannot scale unless you have the right team in the right places at the right time to solve those intricate problems that could be popping up in this ever-changing landscape that is a part of the cannabis industry. So I'm super excited to introduce him to you. Let us know what your burning questions are. And if you, when you like and share content just like this, you are helping us to transform the way that people think about and talk about the cannabis and hemp movement around the world. So without further ado, put your hands together and help me welcome Mr. Andrew Freeman. How you doing, Andrew? Good, how are you? I'm so good. I'm really excited to have you here and more excited to find out how, with all of your amazing skill sets, did you end up working with banks in the cannabis and hemp movement? It's an interesting story. So my boss, Carson Thomaston, founded Banks in 2015. And at the time, it was actually called Graduana. And it was meant to be for college That's graduates dope. getting into the industry. Pretty quickly, she came to trade shows like MJ Biz, and everyone was saying, I have a million college graduates who want to get into the cannabis industry right now. I need an accountant. I need a chemical engineer. I need a CFO. I need someone who's highly specialized, dependable, reliable, who can help me grow my business. So she changed the name to Bankst and started the business out in Denver. She brought me on about a year after the business started. I had actually just been a recruiter in the IT industry. She brought me on board and very quickly gained an affinity for the cultivation, extraction, and operations roles. One of the reasons being that the talent in the Colorado market was really, really strong and still is, uh, and the entire Western U.S. One of the reasons being is that the industry got started out here earlier. So there's folks that have run commercial-scale labs, commercial-scale growth facilities out here that have really proven experience and have a lot of experience with cannabis and hemp, which is a very unique plant. It's tougher to work with. And so we, you know, really started coming to a lot of different trade shows out in the Western U.S. and getting a lot of traction with companies. 
And a lot of what I did is work in new markets, so places like the Midwest, the Northeast. Uh, California is going through a major change with their regulations, uh, and they needed much more qualified, experienced staff. So a lot of times we're relocating growers, extractors, operations professionals from other, from more mature markets into newer markets. So someone that knows how to actually set up and run a grow that's, you know, 50,000 square feet. You know, if you're running a really small grow as a black market grower, 50 plants in your garage or basement or something like that, chances are you're not quite ready to take on a really large scale facility. But if you were a big dog in the black market, come on in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you know, those, a lot of those folks have had a lot of contributions to the industry. And I've really found that a lot of them, when they've come in, they have a lot of knowledge of the plant. They, I mean, some of the best, I mean, truly the best product out there is grown still on the black market. Sad to say, but when you're trying to scale something, you're always going to have issues with quality. Well, there's folks out there that know how to grow at large scale, quality high. There's quality control professionals. There's lab professionals that can work with these guys that are very passionate, very knowledgeable about the industry. We found bringing in folks from outside the industry has been a big part of what we do. And they've been uh, really qualified, really smart people that can work with these growers, these extractors, help them take this really high quality product that they have and learn how to scale it. So when they're running 25,000 plants or something like that, and they're trying to do a significant amount of like edibles or big production, something like that. Anything at scale. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, as the regulations are getting more and more stringent, things like FDA, GMP compliance, ISO compliance, these are big things that folks that are in the industry may not know, but finding folks from outside the industry has been a big part of what we do, and it's been really, really successful. And, you know, I do operations, cultivation, uh, extraction roles, but we do you know, finance, HR, marketing, sales, retail, IT, engineering. We can really do everything. There's a lot of folks from outside the industry that can, I think, do a great job in cannabis and hemp. But I think the real secret is they need to collaborate with folks from, in, from within the industry, too, because uh, they, they understand the products, the culture, do definitely understand what consumers are really looking for. So I have almost a million followers online, and most of the people who are following me are what I would call old-school connoisseurs. They're, you know, been part of this industry for a long time, inadvertently, and they you know, want to be able to apply their knowledge and their expertise and their skill sets to this industry. Now, they have also simultaneously been working mainstream or otherwise considered corporate positions. So they're highly skilled and are not quite sure how they can support the emerging markets across the country because they're they're globally located. But how the big question I get asked all the time is, how can I get into this space? What can I expect or ask for when it comes to compensation for my skill sets, what kind of job you know requirements are out there right now if I want to get in? Can you speak to, let's say, the five or the th- three most highly sought after positions? Like where are the holes in the industry right now? Where P- And I, I suppose it depends on the marketplace, but where are the holes in the industry right now that need to be filled by skilled, passionate people and what kind of compensation and job descriptions are we seeing in those positions? That's a great question. I, I would say one of the number one positions I recruit for, it's definitely still one of the most sought after positions, is a director of cultivation. Someone that is highly skilled with cultivation and understands the cannabis plant very well. And someone who needs to also be very organized and willing to, to run a business and a facility properly. I work with a a lot of folks that have brought in folks from the black market, 
that don't really understand much about how to manage a team, manage a facility, manage a budget. They're used to working underground on their own. So I'd say it's really important to be able to collaborate and manage with other, uh, other people. Yeah. And definitely come in with... So uh, skill is not enough. You also have to have that management attitude. and team and, and attitude of a leader. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say a lot of folks that have been doing it on the black market, you know, it's really low key type situation and they're working in a corporate job or they've, you know, they've, they've been holding down another type of job. They have bring a lot to the table as far as work ethic, management skills. Uh, so a lot of that can be applied to cannabis. And But you need to also be able to come in with an open mind as far as knowing what you don't know and working with folks that do know those things and be willing to collaborate with them. And if you have knowledge, which a lot of folks do, they have specific knowledge that's, you know, they call it their IP, their, you know, their, their value that they add to a company. They need to make sure to be willing to share that with other folks. If you're willing to collaborate with someone, it can be an extremely mutual, beneficial relationship. So, I, so what this is, and this is probably the, the position that I get the most questions about because they're like, yo, yo, I've been doing all this stuff, under, you know, underground, but they want to come into the light. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, definitely have to have those qualifiers that you were talking about because this is not the cannabis industry of the your early 2000s. This is the cannabis industry moving into the next, like we are the next generation of cannabis cannoisseurs now. You know, yeah. this is, we're moving into 2020. Y'all need to step it in. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what is the compensation? Because a lot, let, let's be honest, the people in the black market are used to getting anywhere from 2000 to $3,000 per pound and that's cash in their pocket. They're not running spreadsheets and all this stuff tracking their cash. So I think there's an unrealistic expectation around their compensation when they want to bring their knowledge and skill sets into this industry, be able to, you know, achieve relevancy once again, supporting a brand or business growing, but are not sure what is customary or what they can expect as far as compensation what how are you seeing those deals get put together on behalf of cultivators right now so i would say the typical range i'm going to give you a kind of a big range anywhere in the 60 to 120k range under 20,000 range uh for a typical director of cultivation at the higher level you know beyond 120 typically it's folks that have already been in the industry all have a lot of proven experience the one thing with folks coming in from the black market uh, is they don't really have the proven experience in the, the mainstream industry yet. Yeah, so they, so, and the things that you have to prove in the mainstream industry are your ability to comply. Yes, number one, that's a big one. You're clean, you track, you can run a team. What are some other key qualifiers or did I cover them? Those, I mean, those are some of the big ones, definitely. And I'd say being able to manage a team, manage a budget, manage your facility. My recommendation for a lot of folks that have been black market cultivators, you know, unfortunately you need to get in at the lower level. You know, you can get hired as a, a trimmer pretty easily and get hired as a cultivation tech. So you're working within the facility, you're learning the ropes of the commercial industry, uh, the regulated mainstream industry uh, from the ground up. And I've seen folks that are really talented black market growers who start as a trimmer and then they're, within two months they're a cultivation tech and then they're an assistant grower and then a grow lead. Uh, and within a year they're a director of cultivation. I say, well, how did that happen? You know, you only have a year of experience. They said, well, I really have, you know, 23 years of experience, but it's, I, it t take me, took me some time to really learn how to do it in the legal industry. So again, coming in with the right attitude. Don't come in saying, oh, they're doing it all wrong, doing it all wrong. Not realizing that 
you know, you have to do things, some things differently. And especially if you're collaborating with a large number of people in a facility, you might be able to control every last detail in your small black market grow. It's tougher in a, in a bigger facility. So being able to collaborate with other people is really, really important. Definitely. So I'd say, yeah, coming in with the right attitude, coming in from the you know, entry-level position, uh, if you have the right attitude, the right skill set, to do what you say you can do, you're going to move up very, very quickly. Okay, so moving past the cultivators, um, I'm so happy we're having this conversation because it's answering so many of the questions that have been bombarding me much of my career with the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm flooded with these kinds of questions. What are two other positions that are highly sought after right now? So I'd say the other really, really big one is director of extraction or director of processing, Yeah, um, which is a pretty broad title. And it's I think it's really going to be the future of the industry. You know, so many of the products now are cannabis derivatives. It's not actually flour. Yeah. So that type of role in a lot of cases requires folks with a college degree in science or engineering, chemists, chemical engineers. And in a lot of cases, you know, people now are looking for folks that have come from mainstream industry, like oil, natural gas, pharma, food. Oh my God, I've uh, seen that so much of that. Yeah. Those folks are coming in. You know, they can apply a lot of the principles that they've learned or they've been taught in other industries to cannabis. And again, those folks coming in at the high level need to come in with an open mind and understand, learn learn and understand the products, the culture. That's really, really important. Uh, coming in and just applying what you know is great or just trying to do it the way that pharma does it isn't going to work. It's, it's not quite like any of those industries. It's all, it's no, we're our ways. own culture, our own people, and our yeah. own products. Yeah, absolutely. And again... That's where typically banks can come in with a lot of groups that have, you know, they know how to extract, they know how to create concentrates, but as they're scaling up, as they're running a much more professional uh, lab facility that's also under a lot of scrutiny because of the compliance, they might need someone who has an engineering degree or has worked in you know, uh, GMP certified, yeah. really ones uh, that have uh, like a lot of you know, fire codes, fire safety, yeah, yeah. things like that. Yeah. That's huge, definitely. Okay, and then the final position, oh, what can a head of extraction expect? So that's uh, certainly going to be a pretty lucrative role. On the low Based end, to high. You know, I'd say maybe the lab manager below the director would be 75K. Most directors, probably base is 80K, seen as high as like 175,000 or more. Nice. Uh, and, you know, at that higher level with a lot of these startups, they're more willing, if you're really good, to offer you equity rather than salary. If you're willing to sacrifice some salary in exchange for equity with a you know, long-term payout, you, know, you grow and, and help the company build. So when it you know, eventually sells or you know, your equity vests, so you can make a much bigger payout than you did you know, making you know, 25K more in salary you know, for those couple of years. So that's, it's a really, really lucrative uh, position. Again, on the high end, typically folks that are experienced already, but also you know, sometimes have like a master's or PhD or have, you know, Pretty, pretty solid career in another industry. Okay, and then the final, final hole in the industry that you guys can fill right now. The director of operations or VP of operations. Yeah, is really, managerial really, roles. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I see, you know, ops is, is can be very loosely defined. Yes. Cultivation, it's, it's the plant focus. It's, <laughs> it's seed to harvest. Extraction is post-harvest through to you know, uh, uh, wholesale or finished goods yeah. uh, that go to you know, the edibles or to the dispensary. Operations is the one. Soil to oil. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they're, 
they can be involved with, with every part of the operation. Part of their job is really just to take, let these other, other people, the cultivator, the extractor, do their job, make it easier for them to do their job, support them. So a lot of a lot of it is managerial skills, dealing with compliance, dealing with engineering and maintenance, um, certainly working with like a sales team. So you can do like demand planning, make sure, and, and certainly product development as well, make sure the products you're growing or extracting are good quality and they're actually selling. Ops is, is such a difficult job. I think it requires so much effort and energy. You need to have a lot of, really good with details as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's huge. Um, and I'd say the, the biggest thing with folks inside the industry I've seen that have been doing it at commercial scale, places like Colorado or elsewhere, is they, they understand the products and the consumers really well. They understand really well how to interact with cultivators and extractors. Yeah. So I've placed a lot of individuals like that in other states that can really help build out uh, you know, major companies. So they don't have to do so much guesswork in the early stages. And so, so that's a really, really popular role. We also place folks from outside the industry in high-level operations roles in the industry. Mm-hmm. A pretty common complaint we've seen with folks that don't work out or not doing as well as expected is they're not willing to get their hands dirty. They're too high-level. They're used to delegating everything. Uh, and as part of that's because they're at bigger companies. They have staff under them that I think understands know their industry really well so there's certain things that don't need to be learned or explained when you're coming in a high level when you don't know the industry you need to know how to manage and support groups under you but at the same time you're learning everything that grab some chopsticks and throw that shit in a jar if we need to yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. sometimes i was operations for a cannabis company for a while and like while i'm organizing folders for compliance and writing license stuff and like you know, training staff, I'm like, oh, ding, time to go and fill a bottle really quick. Like, sometimes yeah. that's just what it takes is your willingness to be, to play a diverse role and set a good example for a team. Yeah, absolutely. And I sometimes feel it can be an underappreciated and really overworked role. But if you're really good at it, it's certainly, I think, one of the most lucrative and best overall. And it's super rewarding, too, because it's the, sort of the glue that starts to pull the company together and create a culture yeah. that you know that the company can represent effectively and attract more higher level talent. I think yeah. I think it's so so key to have a great person in that managerial role. And I talk to so many women who have done like women specifically. I think this is such a great role for them because they've done HR for banks or they've done you know uh, customer service for banks or these giant institutions. And then they're like, well, how can I? apply my skill sets here and they thrive in that yeah. managerial role even though they've only ever been considered a peon you know customer service person for a wells fargo you move them into this higher level position and you just see their their skill sets and their natural tendencies to care flourish it's so incredible to put them in those power positions what are managerial roles getting in the industry right now as far as compensation uh, typically for, you know, mid-sized company, it might be in the 100 to 125K range. Uh, bigger companies, especially like like a multi-state operator, we might be seeing, overseeing multiple locations in different states. It could be in the like, 150 to 200 range. Uh, and then, you know, at the C-suite, so like a COO, typically it's 200,000 plus. And they're, they're typically seeing pretty big bonuses and usually have stock options or equity within the company. They should because you become a slave. Yeah, to, <laughs> you become a slave to the company for sure. Yeah. Disclaimer: That's not like a politically correct term. But <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. Ah, but that's okay. It's the truth. 
So talk to me specifically about banks and how you guys are helping. Like, what are the big challenges that you're solving for both the business and for those of you guys who are listening right now, if you hear and feel like, oh shit, I'm having that problem, get definitely get in touch with banks because they are the big dogs in the space as far as solving these problems for you guys. And likewise, if you are somebody who's listening and you're looking for a position to come into this industry, certainly banks can be a part of helping you guys get connected to the right companies and culture that you want to be a part of. So talk to me specifically about banks and the problems that you guys are solving. Great. Well, I'd say one of the biggest problems we solve with companies when they're thinking about how to scale is thinking about what their actual staffing strategy is going to be. So one of the first things we do is workforce planning with them. A lot of that's looking at their business plan and making sure they've really defined a proper business plan. Because there's a lot of companies that say, we're a hemp extraction company, uh, but they don't really understand are they doing wholesale, retail, or, or, or finished goods? Are they doing small scale? Are they doing niche products? So figuring out what your actual uh, business plan is going to be. And then you can figure out what the staff is going to be to actually drive that. So figuring out what the org chart is going to be. And then banks can get involved, you know, when we're doing contingency hiring. So doing, you know, high-level placements, like a VP of Ops, a director of cultivation. Getting these high-level, full-time roles in place for your company. Also, another a big thing with all of these companies, especially in newer markets, is they don't have the qualified cultivation or extraction staff to run the lab, especially right off the bat. You know, a lot of these folks could learn over the long term, but we can find folks to move to your and take a job with your company that really hit the ground running and speed up significantly the, the startup, the pace, and certainly lower the startup costs for your company and make sure you don't make a lot of mistakes that have you know, they've been made in other states you know, years ago. Learn from them, get the folks that have made those and know what to do. And then also we are looking and exploring doing a lot more with uh, contract and consulting work. Uh, there's a lot of cases where it makes sense to have a true, you know, expert that might be like a, like a cultivator or a tractor is like a PhD who might be a bit expensive uh, for your, your company, but on a three to six month basis or on a consulting retained basis might be a perfect fit for what your company needs and can also work and train your staff on site to get better at what they do. And then at the low level, you know, we're talking about the bud tenders, trimmers, packagers, uh, these hour, lower level hourly positions, that's, you know, 80, 90% of the workforce in cannabis. Uh, in a lot of cases, you know, folks have their core group, but as demand increases or, you know, there's turnover that happens, they need staff ready to go on short notice. Uh, we are equipped to actually send gigs, we call them gigs workers, on site uh, to actually help you on short notice when you need hourly staff, might be for you know, seasonal harvest that's big and Cannabis, uh, and how do you guys vet those people? Because, you know, let's just talk about the traditional business. You don't invite a stranger to your casa when your cash is on the table. When you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't absolutely. want a stranger coming into your grow house who's going to be like, one for you, one for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't have that culture, you know. So for the gig workers, what are some of your, like, baseline qualifiers for them before you push that out into a company? So one of the first things we vet is whether they have a med badge in Colorado, uh, which is important. So you got to be badged. Got to be badged. Got to be able to legally work in the facility. Also do a background check on them. Okay, great. Uh, make sure. Reference checks as well for candidates. Uh, just see how they've done in other positions. Not necessarily in cannabis, but in other, other positions. Uh, then we actually have recruiters that actually speak with and vet the candidates to make sure uh, they have some experience doing what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of 
been working in the industry if you have a badge already. You're all called Joseph. I ran his entire crew. <laughs> yeah. That's there's, is there, there's still a lot of that. I mean, I laugh because I come from the Emerald Triangle. I come from old school cannabis. I, you know, I've watched thousands of plants get cut down, processed by a mom with a baby on her back and a freaking you know, one of those hats that have the water bottle right here because she doesn't even have time to go pee. But she's just like running train on these trimmers who are like, you're not doing two pounds and not get the out of my house if you're not like producing, right? And she'll, I mean, just incredible people who are extremely skilled and are definitely doing this, but maybe don't have the cloud. So the references, right, when you're checking in with people are going to be from those types of facilities. And I, I ask these questions because it's a real challenge. People who are yeah. extremely talented and have the history in this space are missing the opportunities as the as the industry is advancing because the key qualifiers that you're looking for eliminates them in a lot of cases. Yeah, so absolutely. what are some of the things that they can do to become qualified? You know, if they're coming, if they're a skilled, humble person with the ability to run a team and want to be a part of a team that's growing and flourishing in a new marketplace, what are some things that you could advise them to do so that they can get ready to get ready to play that bigger role? So I think one big thing with a lot of folks in the black market is they really don't like to talk about it and yeah. what they actually do. And I found a lot of folks that have a normal resume uh, that would never, you would have no idea that they've been working cannabis or hemp before um, in the black market. I've advised a lot of folks to come up with a portfolio or a cover letter that shares a little bit more about what they've done. Because right. uh, it can really stand out in an application. Certainly if they're, they're gonna be working with banks, it's gonna stand out to us. They put some time together to do that. Mm -hmm. Showed us pictures of their product. Showed us, you know, a lot of people don't like to share their, where, certainly where their farm is, yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> You're, they're like, don't Google map this. <laughs> no, no, no. Even, you know, if you just show a picture of your grow, it can show a lot more about what you've done. Yeah. And when people yeah. say they have you know, 23 years of experience, it's a lot harder to vet, but if you were, putting together a little bit of a summary bio about your experience, that can be really, really helpful in presenting yourself. Because I, I work with folks that they submit their resume and you know, it's like they're not in cannabis, it makes sense at all. Uh, find their cover letter, find their portfolio, or, or get connected with them. And then they say, they tell me more about the experience. I said, yeah, I think you'd be a great fit. Can you put together a summary for me? So when I present it to my client, they understand, okay, yeah, this person really does know what they're yeah. doing. And if they had gone, not going to banks, if they'd gone directly to, to the client or to a company, they probably wouldn't have gotten a callback. Yeah, so now you you guys act really as a support system and a facilitator on behalf of both the applicant and the client. Yeah, absolutely. I know, you know, we find skilled staff for our clients, but reality is we're a very candidate-centric company. We work with the candidate, we coach them, we teach them, we make sure to manage that relationship long-term. So if we, you know, if we're, go through the process, you don't get the job, you know, after a month or something, we're going to stay in touch. We're going to find something that really is going to be a good fit for you long term. Uh, it might take a couple months, and I've worked with candidates for over two years now and I haven't, but eventually there is going to be something. Uh, if you're willing to, to wait it out, we're, we're, we'd love to work with you because uh, we'd love to find a place for everyone in the industry. So who's your ideal partner here at MJ BizCon as we are, or in the industry, on the business and applicant side, just let me know quick and dirty or talk directly to them. If you are X, we can help you do what? I would say if you are a plant touching producer, which I know a lot of the exhibitors here aren't, you are looking for staff 
full-time staff, high-level staff, or part-time or temp labor at the low level, we can help you scale your company. We can make HR significantly easier and cheaper for you by outsourcing a lot of that work to us so it doesn't have to take up so much of your time and attention. Um, and make sure that you have good enough staff as you grow and get bigger and bigger. You're ready to go. You don't get overwhelmed because you don't have the staff in place at the right time. Amazing. And if you guys are skilled people in the cannabis and hemp industry and you are looking for some support and a liaison to get you placed in the right company so that you can start to play your highest role and play to the passion that you have for this space, make sure that you get in touch with Banks. We have some great friends over there who are happy to help and support you getting positioned where you want and need to be to grow with the industry. Any final words, Andrew? I'm really, really enjoyed our conversation and I want to follow up when we get back to Colorado and have a more extensive because we have a vast network all, all across the country of people who I wouldn't necessarily re re uh, refer to like trimmers as a lower level because that for me is like the hardest job of oh, any is, of yeah. it is the hardest job. So I have a lot of people who are very skilled in that space who would love to come in and be able to be a support system to the emerging farmers. Um, both on hemp and cannabis. So the gig workers, we have tons of, as well as people who have specialized knowledge in this industry, who are just looking for a good company to collaborate with who might be able to help them get placed. So when we when we get back to Colorado, I'd love to follow up. Andrew, where can they find you if they want to get in touch with you guys? Vangs.com is really gonna be the best way to get in touch. I spell it for them. Uh, V-A-N-G-S-T.com. Uh, Vangs, it means uh, to catch in Dutch. And my email is andrew at banks.com. Uh, and then we do have a great sales staff and a lot of folks that can get in touch, explain more about what we do, and hopefully get you started on our platform. Amazing. Hey, guys, make sure you check out banks.com. We're super excited to be in collaboration with them and helping you guys find the team so you can buy your time back. But also for those of you guys who are watching the industry blossom around you, this is your opportunity to have the proper representation that you need to get with the companies and brands that you want. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Sonia Gomez, and this is the Hemp Revolution broadcasting live from Las Vegas at MJ BizCon. Shout out to all of our sponsors. Make sure that you check out their links around this video and we'll see you guys on our next show. Thanks for listening to another Rockstar episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.